It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 71 here. We're covering that crazy game with the wonderful result. Rams 30, Bucks 27 in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Man, crazy, crazy game. There was a moment there where I thought it was going to be the funnest podcast I ever produced. Then there was a moment later on where I thought, I might not do this podcast at all. It would have been just too painful. But here I am, celebrating with the rest of you. What a win. The Rams knock out the Bucks and Tom Brady. Too much stress, though. Should not have been this stressful. But hey, our team stepped up when it counted. Our team dominated for three quarters. Made a bunch of critical mistakes to put the result in doubt. And then bounced back and won this game in exciting fashion, an instant playoff classic, and how nice it is to be on the winning side of one of those. 
My prediction was Rams 26, Tampa Bay 23, but I didn't see it playing out like this, so don't give me any credit for predicting a three-point margin. Pure luck in this case. Let me briefly recap my fearsome four keys to the game and see how I did. Fearsome key number one is we need to run the ball a little, but don't get consumed with establishing the run game. Pass to establish the run. We're going to have to pass against this Tampa Bay defense, and I think I had that spot on. Rams handed it off to Cam Akers just enough to keep them honest, but we moved the ball almost exclusively through the air. Fearsome key number two, on defense, win on first downs. Don't let them follow the Niner template. Don't let them get to second and third and short. And you know what? I think we succeeded at this. It was very important that we did succeed. There was, I think, three instances where Leonard Fournette picked up good yardage on first down. Actually, his first two runs, he picked up first downs. But for the most part, our defense was successful. I think we frustrated Tom Brady and put it all on his shoulders. And for the most part, that wasn't a winning formula for the Bucks. Fearsome key number three, I said defend the underneath crosses and screens, especially on third down. Now, a lot of experts, I even heard a couple of podcasters say, the key was getting to Brady. And, and I think that's so cliche. You know, you want to get to the quarterback. You want to win the turnover battle. And with Brady, I don't think that's necessarily true. He's going to get rid of the ball in 2.3 seconds or something like that. It's incredible how quickly he gets rid of the ball. So you want to get to him, but what you really need to do is have his targets covered in that first 5 or 10 yards. And that's what I thought the Rams had to do well, and they were excellent at it. Yeah, they got the pressure. They made sure Brady didn't have a bunch of time sitting back there trying to find deep targets. But more importantly... While they are putting on the pressure, they are also covering those underneath passes. That is what has hurt this Ram defense over and over again throughout this year, getting beat with these short underneath passes across the middle. Fearsome key number four, well, sad to say, I said we needed to avoid catastrophic plays. Well, for three quarters we did, more or less. That Akers fumble at the one in the first half. I guess I'd call that a catastrophic play. It cost us three or seven points. We had several catastrophic plays in the second half. You all saw that. Not even up for debate. But we still overcame it. It's pretty amazing to lose four fumbles and still find a way to win. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in our notes section. Team stats, you know, it really seems trivial to talk about stats. That's no fun after a game like this. But that's what we do here, so let's stick to the plan. On the Rams side, Stafford finished 28 for 38 for 366 yards and two TDs, getting his second playoff win. Akers averaged only two yards per carry, and Sonny Michel only had one carry, which surprised me. Surprised they went so heavy on Cam Akers in just his third game back. Cooper Cup, nine catches for 183 yards and the fumble, but hey, but hey, I'm going to cut Cooper Cup some slack. Like the announcer said, this guy better get some MVP votes. He might have been our MVP today. One of two or three guys that you could probably nominate for that. But Cup leading the pack and that catch at the end. Wow. As Stafford said postgame, you can run that play a hundred times and you might hit it once. Rams hit it and it won the game for them. OBJ finished with six catches for 69 yards. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Vaughn Miller all had sacks. That defensive line kept the pressure on all game long. As for the Bucks, Brady went 30 for 54 for 329 yards and one TD. 
and one interception. To be quite honest with you, I don't think he played well. I think the pass he threw that was intercepted by Nick Scott was a very poor throw. I think he didn't see open receivers, and he had several poor passes. This is not the Tom Brady of three or four years ago, even. Gronk finished with four catches for 85 yards. Evans, eight for 119, including the 55-yard touchdown pass, beating Jalen Ramsey, one of several breakdowns by the Rams. Most of those came on offense. This one, we can blame on the defense. They got to Stafford twice for sacks, so the Rams did a pretty good job of protecting Stafford. And we'll talk about our offensive line in our notes segment. Those guys played lights out in the passing game. So what happens now where the Rams are on to the NFC Championship? They will take on the Niners at SoFi Stadium next Sunday, 3.40 p.m. It's going to be crazy. We're going to do our game capture in a second. Then we'll follow up with some additional game notes, and there's a lot of them. And we'll follow up with a look at the other three playoff games. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is where I capture the game for you, possession by possession, and it's going to be a little challenging this week. My usual MO is to take notes for each possession and then review the play-by-play and try to reduce it to the significant plays, the impactful plays of each possession. And you know, this game, it seems like the first three quarters, even though the Rams scored 27 points in those first three quarters, were far outweighed by what we saw in that fourth quarter. But here goes. Stick with me. Rams won the toss. Tampa Bay got the ball first. Two quick first downs on runs by Leonard Fournette, but the Rams hold up and force a punt. The Rams get the ball at their own 20. Stafford goes 5 for 5 to get the Rams to the Bucks 8, but after a one-yard run and two incompletions, Matt Gay kicks the 25-yard field goal. The big play on that drive, a first and 20 catch and run by OBJ, for 20 yards after a holding call on Brian Allen, and Higby had a big catch for 29 yards on that drive as well. But they have to settle for three. Tampa Bay, their second possession, three and out. Donald getting pressure off the edge on third and nine. Bucks can't convert, and Brady, two possessions, still looking for his first completion. Rams' second possession starting at their own 28. They begin to roll. They get helped up by a pass interference call and a taunting call. A nine-yard run by Akers and completions to OBJ and Higby, and then a play-action dump-off to 
Kendall Blanton for a seven-yard touchdown. Rams up 10-0. A little bit of a surprise. I just mentioned last week that Blanton and Bryson Hopkins were getting in on the action more, mostly as blockers. Very rarely see them targeted. Blanton ended up with two catches and a TD in this game. Tampa Bay's third possession. They finally get something going in the passing game. A screen to Fournette. And then Brady, under pressure, avoids Von Miller and connects with Gronk for 29 yards. But the defense stiffens at that point. The Bucks get on the board with a field goal to make it 10-3. to The kickoff goes out of bounds, and the Rams get the ball to 40. Facing third and 20 after a sack, Stafford and Cup hook up for a 70-yard touchdown pass. Broken coverage by the Bucks, and the Rams are up 17-3. to And this game looks like it might be getting away from the Bucks. And it doesn't get any better for the Bucks. A three and out on their next possession. Brandon Howe returns the punt 28 yards to the Rams 49. But the Rams go three and out. And Hecker comes up with another nice punt. But Ben Skaronik has trouble touching it down inside the five. So it goes into the end zone. Bucks start at the 20. Brady and Evans connect for two first downs. And then, and then Brady gets in the ref's face crying about a call he thought should have been made. Von Miller making contact with his helmet, bloodying his lip apparently, and he gets an unsportsmanlike penalty. Sets the Bucks back, but they overcome that when Brady hits Fournette with a floating pass down the right sideline. But the D stiffens again, and the Bucks miss the 48-yard field goal, so the score remains 17-3. to Rams add a field goal on their next possession. Higby and Cup both picking up first downs. On 3rd and 14, a screen picks up 11 and helps the Rams salvage a 40-yard field goal. So they're up 20-3 to now. And the Bucks offense still not getting anything done. Bucks' next possession, we're winding down the first half. Brady gets sacked, and then Nick Scott intercepts a poor pass along the sideline. And the Rams are in business at the Bucks 31. And they look to be going in for another touchdown or at least a field goal. But Akers fumbles at the 1 ball comes loose just before his helmet hits the ground, so the Rams have handed it right back to the Bucks. They take a knee and the half ends. So the half ends, Rams 20, Bucks 3, and it feels like the Bucks should actually be happy they're only down by 17. Rams first possession of the second half. They get hit with a weird delay penalty. I'll talk about that later when we talk about the refereeing. Rams end up punting. Hecker puts it out of bounds at the five. Chris Collinsworth notes that it was one of the weirdest punts he's ever seen, but he doesn't elaborate. I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the announcing. Tampa Bay from there picks up seven yards on first down, but they end up punting three and out again. Brandon Powell returns at 32 yards to the Bucks 28, and the Rams cash in with a touchdown and make it 27-3. to Big play is a back shoulder toe tap catch by OBJ. Stafford eventually scores on a third down keeper from the one. Tampa Bay's next possession, big play to Gronk, sets up Bucks deep in Rams territory. One of the few splash plays the Bucks had today until late in the fourth quarter. We'll get to that. But once again, the defense holds against a depleted Bucks offense. By now, Josh Wells is out. He's Kristen Wirth's replacement. He would eventually come back, but they're really having trouble protecting Tom Brady. And they have to settle for a field goal on 4th and 11. Rams 27, Bucks 6. Starting to feel really good about the outcome of this game. But things start to go a little haywire. Now up to now, the only really negative play the Rams have had is that Akers fumble at the 1 at the end of the half. Here's the second one that really hurts us. 
They get the ball at the 40 after another out-of-bounds kick, but Cup is stripped of the ball after catching a pass in the left flat. Bucks take over. They get the ball at the Rams 30, and Brady converts a fourth and nine for 16 yards to Scotty Miller, and then Leonard Fournette scores the Bucks' first TD of the game, making it a two-score game with 12 seconds left in the third quarter. It's Rams 27, Bucks 13. Still feeling pretty good about this game. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the other team. Rams seem to be having their way in all facets of this game. A couple of mental breakdowns, turnovers. The only thing that's keeping this from being a blowout. Into the fourth quarter now. Rams go three and out. Hecker punts at 50 yards. Bucks have the ball at their own 30. And this is when things get crazy. Bucks first play from scrimmage. Von Miller strip sacks Brady. Rams take over at the Tampa Bay 25. Now I'm feeling really good about this game. I'm sure everybody was. They're up by two touchdowns. They're in the fourth quarter. They have the ball at the Bucks 25. But what happens on the first play? Miscommunication between the Rams' offensive line, particularly Brian Allen, snaps the ball right past Stafford's ear, and the Bucks recover all the way back at the Rams 45. Crazy play. When I say miscommunication along the offensive line, I don't know exactly what happened. We'll find out more about that, I'm sure. But the Rams hold. Deep sigh of relief from Rams Nation, and they take over on downs again. Nine plays later, Rams look set to make this a three-score game again. But Matt Gay, who apparently is having some issues with his leg, the announcing crew mentioned it as the game was getting started, but they really didn't elaborate, had some kind of issue in warm-ups, And sure enough, he misses a 47-yarder. But we still got this right. Game's in the bag. Just close this out. And the Bucs turn it over and downs again. With 4.31 left, the Rams get it back at their own 31, up two touchdowns. They are perfectly happy to see Tampa Bay burn three timeouts and punt it right back to them. Tampa Bay takes over at their own 23. And another big breakdown by the Rams on the third play from scrimmage. The Rams put Jalen Ramsey over Mike Evans. I don't know if there was supposed to be safety help, but there wasn't. And Evans beats Ramsey for a 55-yard TD. And now suddenly the Rams are up by only a touchdown. But hey, we got this, right? We're going to get the ball back. Tampa Bay's out of timeouts. One first down and this game's over. And then Cam Akers fumbles on second down and the Bucks recover. Pretty devastated at this point. Watching this game slip away, seven plays later, Tampa Bay fourth and short. Rams stack the line, expecting a quarterback sneak or a handoff between the guards to pick up the first down. But Leonard Fournette takes the handoff, veers right. Troy Reader can't make the tackle, and Fournette skips into the end zone. And we're tied. This game is tied 27-27 with 42 seconds left. And you're just thinking, who's got the momentum in overtime in this game? Sorry to say, it's not going to be the Rams. So the Rams have the ball at their own 25, and Stafford hits Cup to the LA 44. He gets out of bounds to stop the clock. And then Cup, amazingly, splits the defenders, races straight up field, vertical route, Stafford hits him in stride, and Cup is tackled at Tampa Bay's 12-yard line with the clock running. The Rams have enough time to get up and spike the ball, and Matt Gay comes out, 
and kicks the game-winning field goal. Rams 30, Buccaneers 27, and what might have been the most stressful Rams game I have ever watched. Pretty close to that Super Bowl win over the Titans. Got to put it in that same category. Crazy game. Crazy fourth quarter, really. First three quarters was pretty much Rams domination. A couple of mistakes here and there. But other than that, Rams had total control of this game until those crazy mistakes that let the Bucks back into this game. But the Rams prevail 30-27 to and come home to face the 49ers. Back in a second with some additional game notes followed by our loop around the league. A look at the other three divisional playoffs. Have some additional notes from that game for us. Rams 30, Bucks 27. Now, normally I start this segment off with my fearsome four big plays of the game. I'm going to do it a little bit differently because there's just too much going on here and I just don't have the time or the energy to sort it out. This Ram fan is just a little spent at this point. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to give you the four big plays by the Bucks chronologically. And I'll follow that up with the four big plays for the Rams. From the Bucks' perspective, that fumble by Cam Akers at the end of the first half really kept them in the game. If the Rams score there, especially a touchdown, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Bucks, this game is over. Big play number two for the Bucks. Rams are up 20 to 6 in the third quarter. Stafford completes a short pass to Cooper Cup, who is stripped of the ball. The Bucks take over at the Rams 30 and move in to score to make it 27-13. to 13. Now at this point, I still felt pretty comfortable. Felt like the Rams were going to win going away, but it did give me pause. And then in the fourth quarter, the Rams had missed a field goal. Bucks had turned it over on downs. The Rams punted, and then it's still 27-13. And on the third play of the series, Brady connects with Mike Evans for 55 yards Beats Jalen Ramsey, no safety help, and it's 27-20 Rams. And then finally, of course, the Acres fumble that gave the Bucks new life and led to them scoring the tying touchdown. From the Rams' perspective, you know, the Rams' first drive ended with just a field goal, but I think they did some things on that drive that set the tone for the entire game. The one play that stood out to me was the pass to Tyler Higby for 29 yards. Set the Rams up at the nine-yard line. And again, they had to settle for a field goal. But I think that drive gave me, and I'm sure the Rams, confidence that they were going to be able to move the ball against this Buck defense. Big play number two, late in the first quarter, third and 20. A 70-yard pass to Cup to put the Rams up 17-3. to You know, that, that play seemed so long ago and so distant. We almost forget about it. 70 yards on third and 20. Cup. For the touchdown. Big play number three for the Rams. Brandon Powell's punt return back to the Bucks 28. This led to the Stafford keeper for the TD, the Rams' only second half touchdown. And big play number four. Do I really need to bring it up? That 44 yarder at the end of the game, Stafford to Cup 
that set up the game-winning field goal. Now, you may have noticed I left out the one crazy sequence, the Von Miller strip sack, followed immediately by the Brian Allen snap past Stafford's head. And the reason I left those out is it really ended up being much ado about nothing. Rams got the ball from the Bucks. Bucks took it right back. And then they turned the ball over on downs and the Rams had the ball again. It was crazy, but it didn't end up having that big of an impact on the result. I mean, granted, it was great television, especially that snap and all those guys chasing it. <laughs> but I suppose you can look at it from both teams' perspective. The strip sack cost Tampa Bay a possession. The bad snap and recovery by Tampa Bay cost the Rams a potential field goal, perhaps. So hard to say. Maybe it deserves an honorable mention. And another honorable mention I wanted to include, Kendall Blanton's touchdown. I just wanted to call that out. First Rams TD of the game and a young guy pitching in. Nice to see. Some additional items worth mentioning out of this game. Stafford is only the second player in history that in the same postseason has two games where he passes for 200 plus yards, throws for two passing TDs, and one rushing TD. The first and only other person to do it, Patrick Mahomes. This is the first time regular or postseason that Tom Brady has lost when his team forces four turnovers or more. He is now 49-1 and in such games. That loss, of course, coming courtesy of the Rams. This is the third time the Rams have beat the Bucks in the playoffs. I've gone over this before. The previous two times in NFC Championship games, the Rams won and moved on to the Super Bowl. The Rams were also the first team since the 1975 Steelers to win a playoff game after losing four fumbles or more. The Steelers did it that year in the AFC Championship game and went on to win the Super Bowl. Looking ahead to that conference championship game, 3.40 p.m. at SoFi on Fox, the Rams have announced they will reject ticket sales to anyone outside of the greater L.A. area. Now, there are a lot of Niner fans in the L.A. area, so won't be able to prevent that, but hopefully Rams season ticket holders will hold on to their tickets and actually attend this time, please, rather than selling them to possible 49er fans. I know of someone who was at that last game, and his estimate was 75% Niner fans. Let's flip that, guys. 75% Ram fans, if not more. Let's make this a true home game. Seats apparently are starting off at $600. Expect that to go up. All four divisional round games were decided on the last play. Three field goals and then Travis Kelsey's touchdown. And a real quick pet peeve here. That Chief-Bills game, it really kind of sucks, in my opinion, that the coin flip basically decided that game. Whoever won the coin flip in that situation, the way those two teams were moving the ball, winner of the coin flip, good chance they're going to win the game. And that's how it all came down. Now, my prediction was that the Rams and Bills would both reach the Super Bowl. We know that's not going to happen now. It'll hopefully be the Rams and the Chiefs or Bengals. I also said recently that I think the Rams and Bengals would be an excellent Super Bowl. But wouldn't it be nice if we had a rematch of that 2018 
Rams Chiefs game, the game I consider to be the greatest game ever played, 2018 Monday Night Football. Rams won that game 54 to 51. So entertaining. So much better than, let's say, a Niner Titan Super Bowl, wouldn't you say? NFL has to be happy and has to be crossing their fingers that it's the Rams Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm going to hand out some player props here. Top of the list, Joseph Noteboom. I said, I argued, not a big drop-off from Whitworth to Noteboom. Was not a concern of mine, and Noteboom showed up. Might be in the process of winning himself a big contract. 96% win rate in pass blocking. Typical win rate for a left tackle is 88%. Brandon Powell continues to sparkle in punt returning. Von Miller, was he in... Tom Brady's back pocket all day long. Really have to call out the whole defensive line. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, got it done. And how about Kendall Blanton? Stepping up. Be kind of nice if we had let him emerge as a threat a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if he's going to be a concern for the 49ers next week. But, hey, maybe that's a good thing. Kendall Blanton stepping up as a receiving threat. And OBJ, man, he had a couple big plays. Two other guys that I should mention. Tyler Higby, he's been getting it done all year long, and I probably should call him out more. I always forget about him. Basically, I take him for granted. That's the problem. And Nick Scott, as the announcer said, he has stepped up with those two safeties out, playing very well. And Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, what do you need to say? It's kind of hilarious when McVay hands out game balls. Stafford's gotten a couple He's spread it around pretty good. I don't think Cooper Cup has a single one, and I don't think Cooper Cup cares. But team guy, what a player. Stafford and Cup, both of them, really carried this team and stepped up at the end there. Got to be thrilled with that. And Johnny Hecker had another good game. Four punts, averaging 48 yards. Skaronic should have been able to down that one inside the five. He had another one go out at the five. Good day for Johnny Hecker. Coach's corner, all I can really say is McVay obviously called a great game. Some were criticizing his timeout there at the end. I didn't have a big problem with that. The criticism with that was that it gave the refs time to reevaluate the spot, which they did. Didn't really change anything. Not a big deal in my mind. Reffing review, I loved that unsportsmanlike call on Brady. He is always doing that to referees. Do you see other quarterbacks do that? Not very often. Brady does it constantly, and he's even admitted that he gets away with it and probably shouldn't. And sure enough, he gets one thrown, and it costs them. I really enjoyed that. And I will say that delay of game, that was kind of bogus. Jason Pierre-Paul is watching the play clock. He sees it hit zero and takes off. And after a huddle, they decide, hey, it was delay of game because Pierre-Paul went as soon as it hit zero. But that would not have been a delay of game if it not for him jumping off because the refs would not have called it a delay of game until they looked down at the ball to see if it was still there or not, and it wouldn't have been. The Rams snapped it. It should not have been a delay of game, but kudos to Pierre Paul. He played that perfectly, kind of fooled the refs in my opinion. The announcers, hey, I got to say, surprise, surprise, Rodney Harrison picked the Bucks. He picks the Rams' opponents as often as I pick the Rams. I was kind of annoyed with the announcers early in the game. 
might have even been before the game started, they talked about Matthew Gay having an issue in warm-ups, but they never really explained it, and they didn't bring it up again until midway through the second half. I would have liked some more information on that. There was one punt, the one that went out of bounds on the right sideline around the five. Collinsworth called out Hecker for such a weird punt, not in a derogatory sense, just said it was a really weird punt, weirdest punt he's ever seen. I suspect it was because Hecker did a great job of putting a spin on it so it would do that, but Collinsworth never explained himself. But one thing I'll say about Collinsworth, he is so fair to both teams. He goes out of his way to be fair, and I really like that. And you consider what we're going to get next week on Fox. I assume it's going to be Aikman and Buck again. It might be one of those games I just mute them out. I find them highly annoying. Before we move on to the loop around the league, I wanted to share a post with you that I stumbled across on Pro Football Talk. Talking about the Ram-Buck game, someone wrote this. I don't know that I'd call it a classic, but I don't think I've ever watched a game where I said, you've got to be effing me more times than I did during this one. And I'd have to agree. Next up, our loop around the league. Let's do our loop around the league. In this case, we're just going to look at those other three divisional playoff games. Game one on Saturday, Bengals 19, Titans 16. Now, I hate to tell you I told you so, but I told you so. The Titans the Titans have, the Titans have one formula to win football games. And if any component of that formula breaks down, they're in trouble against good teams. And that's what happened in this game. It was the Titans that turned the ball over, leading to six of the Bengals' 19 points. Aside from a 45-yard run by Foreman, Henry and Foreman combined for 23 rushes for 83 yards. Not bad, but not good enough to win this game. I'm thinking maybe Henry wasn't quite ready. Foreman looked better than Henry, in my opinion. And that two-point conversion early in the game, trying to run it in for two points from one yard out, I didn't understand it. Maybe I do get it. You say, we got Derrick Henry. We can run it in from the one. And by the way, that was Clay Johnston that made the tackle on that two-point conversion attempt. The former seventh-round draft pick of your Los Angeles Rams. If it were me, I'm kicking it going up 7-6. to six. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase continue to look like the real deal. Chase finished with five catches for 109 yards. And is Joe Mixon the most underrated back in the league? I I just love the way he runs. I'll take him as my running back any day of the week. 49ers 13, Packers 10. And is this what we want to see in a pivotal game between two highly skilled teams playing in these types of conditions? I didn't find it very entertaining. Maybe some people do, but whatever. The Packers let the Niners hang around in this one by playing like a team from San Diego in zero-degree weather. Niners didn't do much better on offense, but that blocked field goal and then that blocked punt, Corey Bajorquez, it seemed to me like he took an extra step or two, and that really cost the Packers the game. And on the bright side, the increasingly annoying Aaron Rodgers, we won't be hearing about him for a little while, hopefully. Give the Niners credit. They hung around. They found a way to win. Jimmy G 
threw for 131 yards. Brandon Ayuk was shut out. Juan Jennings, who hurt the Rams, had one catch for six yards. The Niners' offense accounts for six points, and they win the game. And the final game of the weekend, another doozy, Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. If you thought the fourth quarter of the Ram-Buck game was crazy, this one was too. Game was tied 14-14 at halftime. Chiefs opened up a nine-point lead. Would have been 10, but they missed the extra point. So they're up 23-14 in the third quarter, but the Bills wouldn't go away. Josh Allen hits Gabriel Davis with a 75-yard touchdown pass. So at the start of the fourth, it's 23-21 Chiefs. They go up 26-21 with 8.58 left. And ladies and gentlemen, we are just getting started. Josh Allen finds Davis for another TD. This one for 27 yards. And the Bills have the lead, 29-26, after the two-point conversion. 154 left. Game over? Not quite. Not in a long shot. Mahomes answered with a pass to Tyreek Hill. He takes off 64-yard catch-and-run TD. And the Chiefs are up 33-29 with 102 left. Game over? Not quite. Not by a long shot. Allen drives the Bills to the Chiefs 19 and hits who? You guessed it. Gabriel Davis, his fourth TD catch of the night. Bills lead 36-33. 13 seconds left. And I see Mahomes warming up. 13 seconds left, waiting for the kickoff. What are you doing, Patrick? You got no chance here. He comes out, completes a 19-yarder and a 25-yarder. Chiefs have time for the tying field goal, and they get it. And we go to overtime, 36-36. And I'm telling you, you want to win the toss if you want to win this game. And the Chiefs won the toss and go 75 yards in eight plays, Kelsey scoring the game-ending TD. Crazy game. A crazy weekend of football, actually. Every one of these games, highly entertaining, tons of fun. Hopefully not more of the same next week. I'm not sure how much more I can take. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back Thursday morning with a preview of the NFC Championship game. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube Royalty Free Music Audio Library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.